Joining me once again today is Braden Bartlett, who's been on the show a few times before. As a member of the National Guard, he just got back from a trip to Washington, D.C. during the inauguration, so I wanted to get his insight on that and just catch up on everything else going on in the world right now. Enjoy. So, the first thing, and I don't know to what extent you are allowed to talk about this, so we can skip it if we need to skip it, but you just took a trip to Washington, D.C. recently. I did. The notorious D.C. trip. Yeah, so the rundown was, so I was here, I was working, been working like part-time construction. I was actually at work, uh, we're remodeling a hospital, and the news was on, and I saw Trump say that he would not concede all this stuff it was his live speech the one that he was just on trial for and uh so i was like you know that's a big deal so i looked it up on my phone and just had the live feed playing in my pocket uh with my headphones in and then i got off work and came home and that was around the time people started started uh storming the capitol and everything and uh so i was like oh man like something's gonna happen (laughs) you know like i hope it's like voluntary and uh with the national guard we should we should say that yeah yeah you're you're in the national guard yeah 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 yeah. uh with from the national guard i got but so like i was like man i hope it's a voluntary uh deployment which it turned out to be i wasn't going to go and then i was like this is going to be pretty crazy like occupying dc you know so figured it'd be a experience so i went ahead and went but it was like the next day i think is when we got the call and it was like hey we might have a mission coming down so if you're interested let us know and then the next day or that i think it was that night they're like report to the armory tomorrow at noon uh so it happened all pretty quick then we had to go to salina and make sure everybody's like up to date on all their health assessments and uh we had to go to the range and do qualifications. So everybody had to be qualified on their weapons since we were carrying uh, weapons and ammo in D.C. Uh, so we were there for about four days, I think, if I remember correctly. So four days in Salina. And then we took a KC-135. It's like an old cargo plane or a fueler, I think is what they use them for. Uh, but it's like the movies, like empty bay on the inside with all the little fold down benches along the sides for carrying soldiers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And then we showed up in DC the day of the inauguration was pretty disappointing actually, because they just kind of like put us in this basement of the, uh, it was the, uh, department of agriculture, USDA. And, uh, we may as well have been in another country like, We were just locked in this basement, couldn't hear anything, couldn't, you know, like we didn't, they didn't issue us our weapons. I think there was some kind of a mistake somewhere in the administrative. Basically, they brought in too many people and just kind of lost track of some of them. And you were part of the group that got lost track of. Yeah. 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 So the day of the inauguration, we were stuck in this basement. And like, like I said, there was nothing like we just sat in this basement for like over 24 hours. Oh, my gosh. yeah. And uh, like I was more like, a, I don't know if you saw the parking garage thing on the news no. or not. So I guess a lot of people were upset because they made us 
sleep in a parking garage. Oh, okay. I did see something about that. Yeah. But that was like in between shifts. It wouldn't have made sense to bus everybody to their hotels and back, you know. Okay. Uh, You're like, I wish that was me in the parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in the parking garage. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I, I was more upset about the, the basement of the USDA. Oh, the gotcha. Gotcha. Garage. Right. They weren't like. The, the media was wrong, bad about the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. But I, not everybody had that. Uh, it was just a select few of us that had that experience with the USDA basement. And they w- I think we went like 14 hours without them giving us food, which I was like, that's, you know, like more messed up than making a sleep in a parking garage, I would say. Right, right. You can mess with my sleep all you want. But when it comes to food, you know, <laughs> <laughs> some people start getting mad. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, then the next day we uh we went back to our hotels, got our weapons, and then they put us on uh gate duty for the next like four days or so. We were just on four hour shifts. But this uh, is all just basically to make sure post inauguration that nothing really went down. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the whole kind of the whole purpose of us being there was a show of force. Uh like you're a right. visual deterrent, like a security guard at the front of Walmart or Best Ex- Buy or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ex- exactly. So, I mean, nothing happened, and I'm grateful that nothing happened. And you know, like I don't. It was an experience for sure. Like last when last time we were in DC, I didn't uh, expect to be back there with an M4 and ammo guarding a barbed wire <laughs> fence. You know. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. that's crazy. Yeah, to have the. Uh, visiting the same place under such different circumstances. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. We had a, uh, see, they did some, uh, vetting too of soldiers. We had, there was one Kansas guy that got sent home cause he was, uh, posting a bunch of stuff online about, uh, stop the steal was, kind of stuff. Oh, it was, uh, Boogaloo boys. Oh my gosh. Uh, in particular. And that was one group that was on our actual like list of, threats in the briefing that we had so that's kind of scary that people are like buying into that crap but then also trying to join the official stuff yeah and exactly but and he also just talked about it a lot like don't talk about fighting the government with the people that you would be fighting against you know <laughs> you know well right <laughs> like, <laughs> but i think there, i think there's a disconnect though that in his worldview most of you would join him he didn't necessarily see. Yeah. I feel like, and they right. talked about that yeah. same thing too with you know the the people who stormed the Capitol. In their minds, they thought they were the heroes and would be exonerated, and everyone would rally behind them because their worldview has been so corrupted that they don't realize they represent the minority. And it's mm-hmm. just this bizarre thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what to. Uh, yeah, I've, I I thought about that concept a lot while we were down there because that's the same. Same thing with like Lee Harvey Oswald and same thing, you know, like they all thought that, right, that they were going right. to be pra- praised. Right. right. John Wilkes Booth thought he was, you know, actually being the good guy. Yeah, exactly. I Like, I don't know what you would, it's some kind of dissonance, but I don't know what other word fits in there. Like, or if there's already a term for it or. Well, it's, it's some kind of, you know, paranoid delusion and you just, I don't know. There, there's, yeah, I don't know the psychology behind it exactly, but. Right. It's definitely they're just they're just operating with a different worldview that's basically detached from reality at some point, and it's scary, frankly, when enough people start buying into these delusions. Absolutely, yeah, it's it's dangerous. Uh, which is like that's the one thing I tried to 
explain to people when talking about Trump before all this happened was like, he's a dangerous speaker. He's saying all of these things, especially the election stuff, you know, like there's no, he's saying all these things without evidence and people are buying into it a hundred percent because he's already got this base that's fully supporting him no matter what he does. And like it all played out obviously, uh, right. Even after, after the election, that was one of my big reasons for not voting for him. It was like, I, this he like, he has a, he's a dangerous speaking pattern that can. Right. Even trying to take an objective view of it and taking policy aside, it's, it's like, well, one, he has no real policy he seems to represent. And just the idea that our loyalty should be to each other and the country, not to any one individual above all else. And then when it comes to the whole, you know, election fraud thing, well, obviously, yeah, if there are instances of election fraud, then those need to be investigated. But the fact that people are just choosing not to pay attention of, well, they say there's this fraud. It's like, okay, well, what happens when Trump's actual lawyers got in front of a judge? They backed down. That's on record. You can go and look and see exactly what they would say in front of a judge. And it's not the same things they were saying on the news. So it's like they're just objectively they're full of it. And anyway, it's just, and it becomes dangerous when then people are buying these conspiracy theories and feel like they need to rise up to help as they see it, save the country. But again, it's, it's all based on lies. And again, that's, I'm even saying that as someone who would recognize the initial appeal of an outsider and the idea of rallying behind someone who is going to shake up Washington and not be corrupted by the, you know, normalcy that's been going on there of corruption and everything for decades. I, I get that appeal, but then the idea that this guy was the answer to that is just asinine and ill-guided. And it's uh anyway, and obviously I think it's a mess we're gonna continue to be dealing with. And I know I don't like to go too political here, right. but but I, I think you can do this in an uh a rational way and have these conversations even with someone who's maybe on the other side of it. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's, yeah. I, um, and I fully acknowledge that there are issues that are in our government and, you know, maybe some of those do warrant storming the Capitol, but, uh, <laughs> the fact that it was in the name of Donald Trump, uh, is what, right. That's right. what bothered me most about it. I think, you know, yeah, no, yeah. So I, I, I say I wish I could go back to a day where we actually just we were debating policy, and it's like, oh, okay, well, we want to pass this bill to do this. Well, but then that might cost much and eliminate this. It's like, okay, well, it's those are the discussions we need to have. And people talk about you want a loyal opposition where it's like, yes, we're challenging each other on ideas, but neither side is pretending that the other side is evil and out to destroy. America, which yeah. is what one side has been fed about the other for decades. And people will argue it kind of goes both ways. And to some extent, it does. But I think it's definitely heavier the one way. You know, MSNBC isn't saying that the entire Republican Party wants to destroy America. Right. But you do hear people saying that about the Democrats. And, yeah, yeah. That, and that's the difference. And so it's, it's arguments aren't being made in good faith. And... Anyway, I, I, we, we could talk about that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, forever. And, but yeah, I, I did want to kind of get uh, your, your experience there. So let's, let's, uh, let's jump to uh, something a little more fun. You said you were kind of in, in a deep dive into some art stuff. So what, what are you working on right now? And then long-term, 
what are you still hoping to do with again obviously right go to europe to school at some point potentially but then covid has just kind of put a wrench in everybody's stuff mm-hmm. we were talking about that when we i didn't re-listen to our episode from last april but we were talking about some of these same things 10 months ago yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's but the, but the it does look like there's uh some light on the horizon now finally maybe yeah yeah uh so i did uh i was on orders for uh with the national guard for uh covid stuff over the summer and i was there for four months and i actually signed a two-year extension onto my contract oh during that time what prompted that you did you didn't have to then right what what, what motivated no, right. that uh basically not knowing oh i don't have anything else to do <laughs> yeah and like not not knowing like i didn't want to get out of the army and then covid still have these restrictions and then just be stuck okay kind of in limbo you know that makes sense so you know i was like i'll do a two-year extension and it wasn't a full contract okay full contracts are six years i think and i could there's still like if i did decide to go to school in europe sooner i'd be able to like file for a hardship discharge okay okay. or i'd get released early or they even have like leave of absences and you could come back and complete it later exactly okay yeah yeah so that's that's an option uh just figured for stability, it'd be best to stay in for now anyways, because when these orders pop up, it is pretty good pay. For me, I make more doing that than I do at home because I'm just working part time and kind of trying to get my own stuff rolling right now. So, right, right. So you're, you're flexible there, too. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So that was the reason I signed a, the extension. And I also felt that I just wasn't quite ready for grad school honestly you know i finished my bachelor's degree and was just kind of worn out figured i'd need to take a break and grow a little bit uh, as a person as, and as an artist as well and then kind of make my decision maybe a couple years down the line when i when my contract is up do you still have access then to the forge and everything at hayes as a as an alum or how how is that all work or is that a little trickier yeah that's a little trickier so last semester i took one credit hour uh of sculpture and it's like that's cheaper than like renting a space and turning it into a shop true right right that's actually a good idea yeah <laughs> yeah it's i'm a, I'm a student <laughs> i've taken one yeah, credit exactly. hour <laughs> yeah, exactly it works that's out. that's actually kind of brilliant yeah <laughs> works out pretty well we've got a couple people that have done that throughout the years hmm. and it's a good good fallback i'm grateful that our sculpture professor toby uh, lets us do that for sure this semester i didn't do that okay so me and another alum he bought a place with his wife uh, his name's jr and he had a like two car detached garage and we stripped everything out and insulated it put lights up uh put plywood on all the walls and turn it into a little shop. So I got a, my dad got me a welder for my uh, college graduation, a nice welder. So I've, I've been just kind of going out there. Uh, JR has a forge from like the late 1800s. It's an old oh, wow. crank coal forge. Huh. Uh, so it's been definitely like, it's harder to get things done because I don't have all the tools I need quite yet. Uh, but I can still get things done in time and still create or, you know, make things for other people as well. So I've gotten a couple of, uh, 
commissions, like I uh, did a sissy bar for the guy's motorcycle. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'm working on that right now, like forging out, doing these uh, different twists and stuff that you can't really f- just like go on online at a motorcycle parts store and buy. Right. Uh, just custom stuff. And then there's like my parents are going to buy a uh, fountain, I think, and some of Laurel's family. Just got some ideas and jobs brewing for that. So ideally, I would like to quit construction. Oh, right, right, <laughs> and right. And just, just be able to support myself from from that. And again, I'll, I'll still pay you for a finish line belt. I just don't know if it's one of those things where like, oh, yeah, but it's going to cost me $2,000 or whatever. But No, uh, yeah, it would, yeah. Cool. Perfect. I still have the uh, foam. I still have the foam for it and everything. I'd- no, like I said, and, and, I'll, and I'll pay fair market value for it. I just don't know what that uh, would be. Got you. And that would honestly be perfect too, because we've been talking about building a furnace to melt metal, uh, which I'd, we don't have out at JR's shop. So if we did build one, it would be like kind of a smaller furnace, like you know, just a couple feet off the ground. But you can put like a, I think. 40 pound crucible so you have like a crucible that you fill with metal you put it in the furnace fire spins all around it and melts it down that's crazy in simplest terms but so we would be like building our own basically but that bell would be the perfect size for what our capabilities would oh, okay be. nice nice yeah so and i got a tattoo apprenticeship also here in Hayes. oh okay starting up very soon so it's been confirmed and everything and i got the apprenticeship just kind of waiting on uh they're finishing up another guy's apprenticeship right now and you they only have one tattoo artist there that's like allowed to have an apprentice basically so i have to wait for him to fully complete his testing before i can start right because i know there's the licensing is actually pretty strict on all that from what i've heard and and uh i was thinking you even had to do yeah especially in kansas okay okay and I was thinking you even had to do some schooling before you became an apprentice, but does your art schooling count toward that? Uh, no. You, you Or you could just kind of start as an apprentice? I think you can just start as an apprentice, yeah. Okay. And then you, there are like classes online you have to take for uh, things like, like Bloodborne. There's a Bloodborne path. Right, no, right. Uh, you know, all kinds of... No, right, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, tattoo shops, I mean, for people who don't have tattoos, they, they, they're pretty clinical like it smells like you're at a mm-hmm. doctor's office when you go to get yeah. a tattoo yeah it's yeah it's it's all regulated under the kansas board of cosmetology which is really just like i mean it there are benefits like it definitely keeps shops clean right but it's also just like their way of making money off of somebody else's oh. work <laughs> you know <laughs> in, in, so. in the name of consumer protection but yeah yeah, that's, yeah, yeah okay yeah. that's uh <laughs> but again as a consumer I mean, I think that obviously it's, it's, I think it's a net benefit to the business though, because if those things weren't in place, fewer people would get tattoos and there'd be less money. So I I think it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, you got to pay for this rate, this regulation, but I think that regulation being there drives business, business up. Uh, At least that's the, that would be my intuitive guess on why it's a net benefit for everyone. Let's see. Uh, So my next thing was travel and COVID and... So you don't really have any trips come plan coming up then at all, unless unless the National Guard sends yeah. you somewhere else, right? Yeah, exactly. um, it's just kind of you're just you're just kind of in work mode right now. Yeah, yeah, trying to. I'm at a weird like crossroads, and I'm trying to like merge a couple of those roads together. Of course, that's also that time of life, that post college mid twenties. Yeah. Like that's kind of what it is for everyone. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, I don't even know. I think the big secret too is everyone goes through life here, and of course, I'll have a different answer in ten years, and twenty years, and thirty years, as everyone kind of does. But I think the big secret is no one ever actually has the answers. Everyone's just faking it, and yeah, yeah. you just in your mid twenties is when that realization you think is just you, and for the first time ever that anyone's been through that, and then you kind of realize, oh no, this is everyone ever. I just didn't realize that. And they don't tell you that when you're in high school and college. And you have to be 23, 24, 25 to kind of get smacked around a little bit and realize, well, this sucks. (laughs) This isn't what I was promised. And it's like, no, no, no. That's what it. There was no promises. We lied to you the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. That's that really that has been uh, definitely like a uh, revelation that I've had within the past like year, even. Uh, It's like listening to. Uh, different people talk about how they ended up where they did and it's like the, everybody's just faking it till they make it it's like, <laughs> that's it that's all. right it's like as long as as long as you actually can like get some things done then you're set <laughs> yeah and for whatever reason we don't ever want we don't we don't want to disillusion high school kids i guess when when those uh when right, kind of, right. what do you want to be when you grow up and what i actually remember so this is a comedian from when i was little and it was one my mom liked there's a comedian named paula poundstone and the one line that i always kind of remember is her, her joke was that you know why adults are always asking little kids want to be when they grow up because they're looking for ideas <laughs> <laughs> So has the has the snowstorm been hitting Hayes as hard as it's been hitting Cheney here? This has been kind of nuts. Yeah. It, uh, specifically, as we can kind of piggybacking what we were just saying with the just everyone's mental state. And like we just, it, you know, talk about being stir crazy. We just kind of feel trapped. And a big one for me is just I don't really like exercising at home, but you can't even go for a walk and and everything's just kind of shut down not even at this point the the winter is actually being a bigger issue than covid this last couple weeks and the the lowest wind chills i've ever seen in my lifetime that i can remember anyway and so are you doing anything to kind of still work out during all this or what are you doing yeah yeah so my uh housemate actually had a pretty decent collection of weights and stuff when he when i moved in with him he has like a power rack so i can do bench and squat and deadlifts he's got a platform that he made uh, like plywood and horse mat as like thick rubber horse mats. So you've basically uh, been doing kind of the stuff you've been doing for the last couple of years anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. I do okay. enjoy, I do like working out in a gym. I do, I do see definitely more improvements in myself just because there's, you know, more, mach- there are more options I can hit. Right. Like I can hit those small, small muscle groups without having to get creative with dumbbells or bands or whatever. Uh, because of all the machines that are in a, a gym. So it's, it is a little hard because I do have to get creative sometimes here, but yeah, it's not a whole lot's changed. I, I did stop. I did take a little break for a while from working out probably like three months. I didn't really. it. Yeah. So I've been back into it for a couple weeks now. I also feel like going to the gym, you just work harder because you've made the effort to go to the gym and there's people around versus if it's, I'm going to just go lift in my garage for 20 minutes. It's just a different level of motivation, which leads to a different level of work, which leads to different results. And Mm -hmm. so, so easy to get distracted too. What's actually, oh, so this is 
perfectly tied in. So a couple of things. One, just, yeah, because I haven't been able to go anywhere. I've been kind of going crazy. I've just been throwing YouTube videos on the last couple of days just to do something and feel like I'm actually working out with somebody. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's just doing uh, stuff. But then I actually wanted to tie in. So I, I'm not really, I don't, I've never really liked the term New Year's resolutions. And of course, we're getting into the middle of February here anyway. But I still, like everybody, kind of use New Year's as kind of a mental reset and you do maybe change some things. I, I don't, again, I don't, resolutions are notoriously not kept up and almost kind of this cliche of nothing ever actually changes, nothing ever actually happens. But I still like to reestablish some goals and shift some things. And so, uh, and this, this is going to get a little bit tied into some workout stuff uh, and how it's easy to get lazy. So the last couple of years, I've really learned the lesson of how much small pieces can add up towards reaching a goal and something we already kind of know intuitively and obviously i've used before but specifically and i don't remember if i've mentioned this on the podcast before or not but so two years ago 2019 i set the goal of writing 300 words a day minimum uh toward uh, the book i'm working on and i kind of went from years of not accomplishing much on it to by october i had a full first draft finally wow just by doing 300 words a day you know most often it took me 30 minutes. And so it was just a way to be super productive without ever being intimidated to sit down and start. Gotcha. And, and that was hugely powerful. So I have a question oh, yeah. for that. So I've, with art, like sometimes I sit down and it just like isn't happening. Yeah. So what do you do uh, as a writer in that situation? Even if you have that goal of 300 words a day, do you just jot something down to meet that goal? Or are you like, Oh, maybe, you know, I'll, take a break today okay that no great a great question basically writer's block or the artist equivalent of writer's block now obviously yeah. a, a writer i'm not going to you know waste material in the same way you could if you're going to be sculpting and just like well i got to work on it anyway even if i'm not feeling it it's like well you're you're literally wasting material then maybe um mm-hmm. although sketching you wouldn't be so if it was you with something like that i would just shift projects and maybe move to the sketchbook or something instead yeah. um so what i told myself is because i also didn't want to feel trapped if the 300 words just aren't coming well, then you don't want to be trapped in your chair for four hours. So the rule was 300 words or one hour, whichever comes first. Gotcha. But I literally think, or I, I, I don't think I ever hit the one hour. I always got oh, the three. Wow. I always got the Because usually, you know, like I can write about three, 600 words an hour on average. So, and you kind of does come in spurts where it might be, I'm sitting for five minutes and then you burst out 125 words and then you sit for another five minutes. And it would kind of come bursty like that. So I would all, I was always able to get 300 words before the hour was up. So I give myself a time limit of just sitting there. And actually, I think that's even something that I don't know if it was Neil Gaiman or there's some author who basically their rule for themselves was, and I don't know if it was an hour, but it was basically, I'm going to sit down and I don't have to write. I can just sit here, but I can't do anything else. So you're going to sit at your computer for one hour. You don't have to write, but that's also the only thing you're allowed to do. So gotcha. you can write or not, not or not write. You're just going to sit in your chair for one hour. <laughs> and cool. I like that. And so, so you could do something similar with, you know, with the sketchbook. It's like, I'm not in the mood to draw. Yeah. That's fine. Don't draw. Yeah. Sit in your chair with your sketchbook for one hour. Draw or don't draw. Take notes. Yeah. Make it a journal. So I think there are ways around that. Um, you know, other writers will talk about, it's like, you always work on our story. Or there's definitely times where, you know, I kind of go down the research rabbit hole. But you know what? At least if I'm going down the research rabbit hole... I wasn't playing a video game. You know, I, I was still right. I was still working right. toward the story. And now, yes, gaining, 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, and again, I still always got to the three hundred words. The three hundred words really is not a lot. You're basically talking that's like one big paragraph. Mm. Anyway, yeah. So that works so well. My goal for 2020 was 30 minutes a day of working on French. So the book was now kind of an editing mode, <laughs> and of course, it still is because I wasn't as diligent in 2020. But <laughs> <laughs> but I did. So I did 30 minutes a day, and I, I don't know if it worked out quite right. You, you know, it's kind of like you kind of slip, but it's still about the goal. So I made you know tons of progress in Duolingo. I was watching Netflix shows in, in French, and I do feel like I mean, again, can I speak French? No. But but I made more progress in one year than I feel like I had made in the previous decade of kind of dabbling in and off and on. And now, and then also, and then the power of momentum, I've continued to work on it. I have like a, you know, over a year streak of on Duolingo of kind of at least completing a lesson every day and, and have made a ton of progress and I can read it decently. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of a vocab issue where I was, you know, you then see a random post and get deflated because, oh, I understand half the words, but the, all the meaning is in the two words I don't understand. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then so heading into 2021 here, again, I don't like to call it exactly a New Year's resolution, but having, I felt, made a lot of progress in the previous two years, I was like, okay, I'm going to do smaller pieces. And even more things. So, and maybe I did mention this on the episode with Logan. I, I don't remember. Uh, but so the six things are actually, I got a little app that tracks them here. So it's 10 minutes each of meditating, reading, writing, coaching education. So just, you know, reading a book on coaching or article or video or whatever there. French still down to 10 minutes and then podcast editing or research or whatever. So, should have been six things if I didn't miss anything. But it's also just the power of starting. Most often, I end up doing more than 10 minutes. Or it, it just stimulates those things that say, like, you know, the writing thing, 10 minutes a day is frankly not enough. But problem is all last year, because I didn't want to put that 30 to 60 minutes in, I would just not sit down at all. And then all of a sudden, two weeks have gone by and you haven't touched that draft. Well, yeah. now we're in the middle of February and I've done it at least 10 minutes every day. And so I've made more progress than if I had held myself to a higher standard. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Kind of a kind of like a minimum, like ten minutes, and then go it's, up from there. Yes, I yes. And uh, and the podcast is kind of you know more time consuming right now, just because where we're at with with the history and, and film stuff. But uh, I'm at least still making progress uh, on the book. And then the one other thing that is on there, which is the whole reason I brought this up, was it's also fifty push-ups a day and ten standing squats a day again minimum so i can still obviously do other exercises planks go lift run whatever but at least 50 push-ups 10 squats every day all year again it's not much but the cumulative really is like right. uh i mean i've always been okay at push-ups but you know what they're easier today than they were on january 2nd yeah there you go and, and, and i'm dividing it up i'm not doing a set of 50 i'm just doing five sets of 10 throughout the day Right. Okay. And I could change it up though. I guess if I wanted to do more and like, you know, do them in bigger groups, I could start doing that too, or add more push ups, or I don't even keep super track of it. So there's days I've definitely gone 60 or 70. I just always make sure I've done at least 50 and I just kind of mentally kind of <laughs> keep track. Anyway, so uh, do you do anything at the beginning of the year? Or I guess you kind of been just talking about rethinking everything kind of constantly, yeah. but anything specific? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never, never really participated in the New Year's <laughs> resolution. Um, like you said, like I'm just kind of just kind of always rethinking and like maybe that's a problem, you know, like maybe I should sit down and kind of 
say like, this is what I need in the next six months. Like, this is what I need to have done. I do find myself overwhelmed a lot because I will start all these Mm -hmm. projects just whenever I feel like it. And uh, so I'll like be halfway done with another project and start another project. And now I've got a half finished motorcycle build in my garage. I've got a panel van that's halfway converted into a camper van. And, uh, you know, like it's just all these. And then I've got the band, too, that I'm still. Oh, right. Sister Kilowatt. Yeah. 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 So it's just I definitely need to find a better way to manage my time. Maybe that's my. uh resolution <laughs> is making a re- making resolution and i i do yeah i i do think having they do it was the what do they talk about that goals should be uh smart is the acronym they should be specific measurable attainable relevant and timed nice. and so i i do think there's something to that it's just a better way to hold yourself accountable you also hear people that go really hardcore with this kind of stuff and it'll be like there are actually apps set up to be like okay if you don't accomplish x by such and such date you've agreed to donate x amount of dollars to a charity you don't support (laughs) (laughs) and so you basically have to finish it or that money's going somewhere you don't want it to go (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, but if you accomplish the goal, then okay, you you basically can hit cancel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I've never done anything like that, but I, I do kind of appreciate the idea. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. It's definitely uh, different stakes than just like <laughs> not getting something done, you know, like. Right, right. But also an ultimately kind of harmless way, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah you're yeah. Not, not beating yourself up over these things. And I think it's, yeah. I don't know, everything is just, you know, just keep plugging away, keep doing your best and realizing that's all anybody can ever do, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Last thing here, uh, I always, again, like to talk about movies and TV and anything there, anything new that you've been watching in the last few months that you can kind of remember off the top of your head that's stuck out? Let's see. I've been been listening to a podcast on Spotify called Last Podcast on the Left. I've heard of that. True Crime. Okay. It's like they're all comedians, though, and it's true crime, like um, anything like Fringe, though. Like they just did an episode on Aleister Crowley. They've covered JFK, 9-11, conspiracy theories. Uh, and it's very like they explain all all sides of the issue. And then they will dump all these facts that they've found in their research. So it's pretty non-biased for the okay. most part. Of course, they each have their own theories, too, that they'll talk about, but they're not trying to convince you of anything, you know, they ultimately oh, leave it. Up. Yeah. So I've been in kind of a weird true crime kick for a little bit, especially after reading uh, Capote's in Cold Blood. Oh, did you read that? I, I have not. Yeah. I've, I've, I've seen the old, old, uh, old in Cold Blood movie and I've seen Capote, the movie with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, but I have not read the book. I've heard yeah. it's pretty, pretty uh, intense, and it is, and it was a hell of a kickoff too, because it's like in Kansas, you know, it's, right. it takes place in like Holcomb, I think, which yep. is just like an hour and a half from Hayes, you know, it's like feels relevant, and it's this big, huge, like historical story. So it was a nice kickoff into that world for sure. So it felt relevant. Just uh, at the end of October, we had regional cross country this year in Holcomb, and. 
a couple of the kids on the bus were like, can we drive by the house? So we actually did. And That's cool. yeah, it's, it's, I, I think there's, there's been some remodeling or whatever, but it's even kind of set up. You can see where, cause it is, it is a rural farmhouse, but it, it's mm-hmm. basically right off of town. Like it's walking distance to the town. Like, okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's right on the edge of town. Uh, yeah. technically in the country you could say but there's even like a little uh oh i always think of like when they close i-70 they got those like gates up it's even it's like a gate at the end of the drive when they decide they don't want people driving by uh because it's oh, kind, of a, kind of a dirt road so it's they, they're kind of used to people just doing u-turns in their driveway i guess of their little farm area mm-hmm. but yeah it's a uh, kind of creepy just like so the whole randomness of that incident that is they yeah. just, they just drew the ultimate short straw and yeah ugh, what a mess and, and a lot of times that's just what happens too right right like these cases that get big or cases that have been cold for a long time uh, are like the reason they're cold cases because they were completely random like there was no oh true. like no motivation right, that they right. can trace back to, okay so so yeah most most murders are people you know but the ones that aren't are the ones that are harder to solve because they can't find any thread to connect it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah, other, other than that, I've been watching kind of just like series on Netflix, like The Umbrella Academy. Okay, and, and, I've, heard, and I've heard of that one. It, it sounds like something that's for kids, but is that just because of the name? I, yeah, it's definitely just because of the name. It's, okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not, it's, not like, it's not like, I wouldn't say it's like R-rated. I don't even know what they have it. For the rating but it's like kind of violent oh okay okay so tv 14 okay I guess. and i i think just so. the name sounds kitty enough that mm-hmm. i kind of hadn't looked too much into it but yeah it's got good reviews here i need to need to check it yeah. out actually the uh i guess the umbrella plot like the major <laughs> plot that is kind of like overarching plot other, yeah yes, yeah overarching plot thank you <laughs> is uh time paradox so, oh, okay. Would, yeah, I dig I that you, stuff. I think you sure. would enjoy it. Do you have any recommendations for me? Because when I was on COVID orders for four months, we were living out of a hotel and not doing anything all day. <laughs> so I watched like pretty much everything that <laughs> I wanted to. Um, no, I. Uh, I mean, just the uh, recently, uh, WandaVision is kind of in the middle of its first first season. So I, I am caught up with WandaVision on Disney Plus and. It's unique. I I enjoy the Marvel stuff, but I would definitely say I'm not obsessed with it. Like I think Endgame is just okay, and so so I'm kind of hit or miss on certain Marvel movies. You know, like you know Thor Ragnarok probably one of my favorites, and the first Avengers. Okay. But so others, I'm a little more like, eh, you know, they're all getting kind of samey. And I thought Endgame was yeah. just okay. Yeah, they lost me after the second Avengers. Yeah. So with WandaVision, I was even just telling uh, my family that's been watching it too that. It's one of the most unique shows I've ever seen. And so I give it a lot of props for that, how they're fitting something into the Marvel Universe in a completely original way that's making a good show in a way that I've never seen anybody handle anything before. And so just that alone, I'm giving it a lot of props for. And we'll see where it goes, but I I, I definitely uh, am digging it so far, six episodes in here. Nice. That's on Disney+. Well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Um, and I and I've been kind of catching back up with Community. I never, uh, oh, nice. I, I never finished Community all the way through the first time, and then I kind of forgot where I left off because it had been a few years. So I just said yeah. screw it and started back over because it's a good show that you can always have on in the background anyway. 
So I've kind of been yeah. ha- half rewatching. Actually, I say that I've actually probably been fully rewatching it. Uh, I think I intend to put it on the background and then just kind of watching it. And so I'm still kind of just finishing up, refinishing up the first season because I'd only made it through about season three or four before. So slowly working up with uh, that as well. And then I'm just trying to catch up on all the Oscar movies because here in a couple months we're wanting to obviously mm. do our best of 2020 movie uh, episode of the podcast. So I need to get all that, all those watched. They put they put push the Oscars back a couple months because of okay. COVID and everything. So so the normal thing for the last several decades has been. The eligible movies are those re- released between January 1st and December 31st. Well, gotcha. this this year they bumped that to February 28th. So a movie could still come out today and be eligible for the 2020 Oscars. Okay. Which, at first I was like, I don't really like that. But then, if you think about it, a lot of those movies would have been released in December or November anyway. And so you're really just giving the 2020 movies more time to get complete as opposed to widening the eligibility window. And so I don't know what the plan for 2021 is, but depending on how productions go, I could see them just going to a 10-month window with the idea being, yeah, it's a 10-month window, but no one ever really nominates the movies from January and February anyway. So the window's actually always been shorter than you think as far as when they're actually released anyway. So I've just been trying to watch what contenders are. But what's crazy is, of course, I haven't been to the theater since January of 2020, okay. which is probably the longest streak of, I hate to say, of my life. Uh, but since I was a little kid and first started going to movie with, movies with my parents, I bet it is the longest streak, mm-hmm. which is just kind of nuts. I think probably same, and I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, right? I'm not. Yeah, I'm still even thinking. Like the one, one theater <laughs> which I was open, but I'm not thinking about going yet. Still, I don't want to watch a, a mask. Um, I am hopeful that, and I don't know where you guys are on this. I guess kind of backtrack a little bit. Uh, the vaccine as a as a school employee, they do think here probably in March we'll be able to get vaccinated, and and then uh, see where that puts us going forward. I don't know if you're in line for that or where that's all at. Yeah, they got some stuff through the guard. It's actually optional i think surprisingly when people would ask me about it i was like i don't care like the guard's probably gonna make me take it anyways so i may as well not have an opinion (laughs) (laughs) you know like and uh like i'm i'm for the vaccination obviously i'm ready for all this to be over but use that as an excuse not to talk about it for sure but they they did make it optional surprisingly so but i signed up for it i'll be getting it okay just whenever they say you're yeah it you're should up. be should be before summer okay but they're a little slow so yes uh love catching up with you on here you are kind of my regular uh checking guest i think you've been on the most episodes of track nerds this is this is episode 2021 actually i forget off the top of my head and uh <laughs> uh you've probably been on a quarter of those so <laughs> So yeah, thanks for talking to me and thanks everyone for listening and we'll catch you later. 